Good morning, everyone. So good to be with you guys again. I'm going to get this turned on here and we'll get started. It's so good to be here in Somerset on a beautiful Sunday morning uh, with you all. I've enjoyed this weather. I know it's supposed to be hot next week, but while we've had some nice weather, it's been nice to be outside and get to enjoy some of God's creation. Um, and I know that uh, uh, this may be the last time, last Sunday that I preach for you guys before Luke comes into town and is your uh, permanent evangelist. Um, and so I just wanted to uh, make a few remarks this morning and this evening and, and uh, say that I really enjoyed my time that I got to spend with you guys here and I won't be uh, coming back to preach, well, preach with you guys for a little bit. Right, I'm going to turn this off. <laughs> Cody, you gave me the wrong one. I don't know if that one's good or bad. Uh, I'll just leave this down here. And so I just wanted to say thank you for the opportunity to get to know you all. Um, you all have been such an encouragement to me as a young, young Christian and just seeing uh, you know, everyone that is here that is here because they love God and they love uh, spreading the gospel to the souls around them, those that uh, don't know the gospel or those that do and keep to encourage them. So I just wanted to let you all know that before we get started this morning. Um, Go ahead and open your Bibles to Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, and that'll be the verse that we begin the sermon with this morning. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, Paul says this to the, the church at Rome. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so I was talking to... Uh, an, uh, an older Christian many years ago, and I believe it may have been Jim Hardy, but I can't remember exactly. But he, he told me that in this passage where it talks about falling short, it's, it's actually talking about, you know, like if you were, you were to shoot at a target with a bow, and you let the arrow go, and it's going towards the target, and then it just it falls short. It doesn't hit the target. And when you re read the actual Greek, it actually means missing the mark. You're aiming for a point, and you miss it, or you fall short, which is the same thing. And so I, would, I actually shot archery for about five years competitively. Um, my team did pretty well. I was kind of mediocre. I'd, I had some guys on the team that were very good at what they did. They were able to take a, a, a bow without sights and without releases and a very primitive bow and be able to, to place arrows in a very tight group at different distances and different wind speeds and that sort of thing. And I just wanted to share with you some of the lessons that I learned from that experience that can apply to us as Christians today. So missing the mark. As you can see, the, the person that shot at this target was missing the mark all over the place. There's five arrows, and it looks like there was only two that are scorable on there. Um, but I digress. We'll get started into the lesson. So the first thing that we want to look at is aiming at the correct target or reaching for the correct goals. Turn over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6 verse 20. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we're pu pushing ourselves to the right goal... 
for reaching for the right goals, it will motivate us to do the right thing. And Paul also says this in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things which are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden in Christ and God. So Jesus and Paul both have the same idea here. If we're, if we're pursuing the, the right things, if we're pursuing wanting to be with God in heaven, if we're aiming at the right target, if we're doing what we, what we ought to do so that we can obtain a heavenly reward, we will be more likely to hit the mark. We will be striving to hit the, hit the right mark instead of missing the mark. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but if you aim at the wrong target, you're not going to hit the right target ever, right? Um, when, I, when I shot archery, we often would shoot in big lines of people. And so there would be, depending upon the shoot, you would go from 20 to maybe even hundreds of targets. And if you shot at the wrong target, you couldn't score that arrow, right? It was on someone else's target. So you need to make sure that we're aiming at the right target. Make sure we're reaching for the right goals, which is to be like Christ and to reach heaven one day. And the second point I wanted to make here is we need to know how to safely use our equipment. And so what, what is the equipment that God has given us? And that's the Bible. We talked about this some this morning, that um, how we use the Bible and how we uh, read the scriptures can cause us to miss the mark or hit the mark, depending upon how we apply the scriptures. And over the centuries, misuse of the Bible has caused such harm to many, many people throughout the world. I think about the, the Spanish Inquisition, the Crusades. Many of these things were done with the authority of the Bible, uh, per se, but are not actually found in the Bible. And so how we use the Bible uh, can cause immense harm. Just like if you have a bow and arrow and you don't know how to use it, you know, you can, uh, you can hurt somebody, really hurt somebody. And so we had very strict rules about what, where we had to stand, uh, when we could shoot, when we could go up and get our bows, when we could go up and get our arrows. Uh, you know, how, once we shot, when we, could we go pull our arrows or take our score. And so how we use our equipment is so important. How we use the Bible, not just correctly, but safely not to. We may be right in what we're doing with the Bible. We may be quoting the right scriptures. We may have the wrong attitude. We may be harming someone else. And Paul uh, makes this point in two places. Turn over to Galatians chapter 1. This is such, a, such an important point that, that Paul references this in many of his epistles, but in this epistle specifically, he mentions it twice. He says there in, in Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another, only that there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. And as we have said before, so I will say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, he is to be accursed. So how we handle the Bible is so important that Paul, in the, the address to the Galatians in this first section, says it twice. He says, it, he says you know, if, if, you're, if you're doing something other than what, what you know is to be right, 
or you're trying to preach something that, that you know is, uh, is contrary to what, what the Bible says, don't do it. You're going to be accursed because you're going to lead others to be doing the wrong thing as well. And he says it twice. I think that's very important for us to understand that how we use the scriptures is so important. Are we using them for, as we talked about this morning, to do what we want to do? Or are we using them to do what God wants us to do? To live a life that God would be pleased with? And so we need to make sure that we handle the scriptures very carefully. He also says this to Timothy in, chap- in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. He says this to Timothy. These things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witness- witnesses... And trust these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So we need to be, instead of misusing the scriptures or using the scriptures for our own gain, we need to be teaching the scriptures to other people so that they may teach others to do what is right. And so if we are able to use our equipment safely and correctly, we can be effective in what God wants us to do. The third thing I wanted to talk about is don't let physical things get in the way. And so... uh, you know, in a spiritual sense, you know, don't let things in your life get in the way of what you're doing. But, but in archery, they taught us don't drink a lot of caffeine or sugar right before you shoot because you'll be shaky, right? Uh, don't, you know, stay up real, night, real late the night before playing Halo or you'll be so tired you don't know where you're at. You know, uh, Paul makes a great argument in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. He says, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. So that he may please the one who has enlisted him as a soldier. Paul says if you're fighting a war, you're not going to go into the town and start, you know, trying to buy stuff or sell stuff. You said you're going to be, you're going to be out there fighting with your comrades, right? And the same thing is, is true of us. If we're fighting a spiritual war, we need to keep our priorities in the right place. Don't let our jobs or our families or things of this world keep us from doing what God wants us to do. And the same thing was true uh, when I shot archery, if, if we were going to do going to a tournament or something, we, we did things differently so that we would prepare weeks in advance of how our routine every day so that we had a consistent, uh, consistent uh, physical uh, ability to where it wouldn't affect our ability to shoot archery. Which leads me to my next point, which is being precise and accurate. And so precision can be defined as consistency. So you can, you can, you're able to place the arrows in a very tight spot, right? I can consistently place the arrows within, within this small hole, right? But what does it matter if you can place those arrows and you score a 1 each time instead of scoring a 10, right? I can, I can hit the target one time and hit, hit an 8, and that's better than placing the arrows all in one spot, even though it's a 1. Uh, and so being, being precise doesn't necessarily mean, uh, sorry, I, I had, didn't have it up. Being precise doesn't necessarily mean that you can hit the right spot, but it means being consistent, which is something that we need, we need to do. And then when I think about someone that was precise or someone that was consistent, and that was Job. Job had so much thrown at him uh, in, in the book of Job. He lost his family. He lost his livelihood, um, his wife. <laughs> turned against him, his friends turned against him, his health turned, turned against him. Basically anything that could go wrong with Job went wrong. Uh, and, and the one person that didn't turn against him was God. And throughout that whole, the whole book of Job, that's who Job leans on. He consistently leans on God for strength, and so should we. But we should also be accurate. So accuracy is not, is not 
uh, being able to, to place everything in, the, in a specific spot, it's placing things in the right spot. So someone may be accurate from time to time, but they may not be consistently accurate. So we need to be accurate and consistent. Turn over to James chapter 1, verse 25. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. So James here says that we need to do the right things. We need to hit the, hit the right spot and, uh, and being consistent in that as well. So when we look at, at God's law, when we look at our, our equipment that God's giving us, are we using it the right way so that we may uh, accurately place the arrow in, in the right spot and hit the mark that God has given for us to hit. The next thing I want to talk about is uh, adjust the target. Adjust to the target. Don't adjust the target. Uh, don't change God's rules so that you don't have to change. And we kind of talked about this a little bit this morning. In Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, God says, My ways are higher than your ways and, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. Actually, I got that backwards. Let me go ahead and pull, pull that one up uh, for you guys. I had, that was a memory verse from the King James, old King James, and sometimes I get it uh, mixed up. Verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God's saying, don't if I give you to shoot it, at 20 yards, don't take 10 steps forward and think I'm going to accept that. So when we shot archery, we shot at 10 meters and we shot at 15 meters. And we had scores at both of those locations. If we decided, you know what, I really don't want to shoot at 10 meters, I want to shoot at 5 meters, my score wouldn't be counted. For one, they would stop the practice and probably kick me out because I'd be, there'd be people shooting you know, behind me and that's not safe. <laughs> Uh, because I'd be breaking the rules. But, but God says it's important to follow my rules because I know best. Because I'm God, I created you, and I have the authority to tell you what, what you need to do to be right with me. Uh, Jesus also says in Matthew 15, verse 9, in, a, in accordance with that, and maybe there are some people that instead of not wanting to do what God wants to do, wants to put their own... Uh, their own spin on things. And, and Jesus is quoting here from Isaiah. He says in verse 8, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. So maybe, maybe, we're not doing, maybe we're doing what God wants us to do, and then we're adding on something else. We're adding on uh, things that uh, are, are not what God wants us to do. And so, you know, when we shot archery, we had a specific target. Everybody used the same bow. Everybody used the same arrows. If we decided to, you know, add a piece of equipment to our bow, that was, that was not authorized by the, uh, uh, you know, by the, the authority that we, we shot under. We would be disqualified. And it's the same thing with God. God asks us to adjust ourselves to the target, adjust, change who we are so that we meet his goals and not the other way around. The next point I want to make is to listen to your coaches. Go over to uh, Proverbs 15, verse 5. 
Proverbs 15, verse 5. And this kind of ties into to one of the lessons I had last time I was here when we talked about what happens if someone approaches you about maybe some sentence in your life or just some decisions that you're making. Uh, the, the writer of Proverbs says here, A fool rejects his father's discipline, but he who regards reproof is sensible. If someone comes up to you and says, Hey, you know, I see that you're, try, that you're doing things a certain way. Maybe try them a little bit different. I, I had some really good coaches at uh, the middle school and high school level that taught me a lot of good things about archery, about how to hold my bow, about how to, you know, release the string and, and where to aim on the target. And, you know, when I first, you know, I thought, well, I, I know the way to do this. You know, I've been doing this for years. How, what do they know? But you know what? The, the minute that I listened to them, my score improved. It may not have been that day. It may but, you know, months of practice later, my score would improve because they knew, they, knew, they saw something that I didn't. And so we should be the same way. When other Christians uh, come up to us and say, I see the road that you're going down, and I know where it leads. And, and you, can, you can improve who you are uh, by listening to other Christians who uh, may see some things in your life that are amiss or some things in your life that you can do better. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is what happens if I hit the mark or what happens if I miss the mark? Shoot again. <laughs> I know that seems kind of kind of weird, but don't give up, right? Turn over to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Paul says this to the Romans in Romans chapter 5 beginning in verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulations bring about, brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, has, who was given to us. So sometimes you pull back the bow and you let the arrow go and it hits right in the middle, right where you're aiming, right where you want it to go. That's good. Do you stop shooting? You say, well, lay my bow down, I'm done. I'm just going to, you know, I hit, the, hit it for one time, I'm just going to quit. No, you keep shooting, right? You, you shoot until you have no more arrows left. You keep going. You persevere. But also what happens if you shoot the target, and instead of hitting the 10 where you want, you, you hit a 1 or you hit a 2. Do you lay down your bow then and say, well, I'm no good at this. I shot one arrow, or I shot three arrows, and it wasn't where I want it to be. Or do you adjust and you calm down and you aim where you need to aim? You remember your training, you remember your equipment, and you go again, you shoot again, you persevere. And that's what Paul is talking about here. When we go through things that maybe we fall short a little bit. Maybe we're a little too low on the target or too high on the target. We make corrections in our lives. We use these tribulations that we go through to say, I know this happened in the past and I can do something to change what I'm going to do today to where I can do better tomorrow. And that's what Paul is talking about here with perseverance leading to proven character and proven character leading to hope. Hope that we can be what God wants us to be through his love. The next thing I want to talk about is to work out your routine. 
Turn over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, Paul says this to the church in Philippi. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, beginning there. So then, my beloved, just as you also always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So work out your routine. Some people, when they pick up their bow, they put a put an arm sling on their, on their hand so that when they release, they're not afraid that the bow is going to fall out of their hand. Some people use a finger tab when they pull back their string. All of this is, is allowed. It's, it's, it's all allowed within the rules, but it's things that assist them to shoot more effectively, to be more uh, a better archer. And so there are some things that, that we can do as Christians that maybe will help us as individuals stay sinless, or to be a better, uh, a better servant of God. Some people, you know, they may struggle with a specific sin. Uh, we talked about alcohol this morning, so we'll, I'll just continue that, that trend. Maybe, you know, in your previous life, you had trouble, troubles with alcohol. You know, and, and like we were saying this morning, it seems like more and more that uh, uh, places to purchase liquor or bars are becoming more frequent. But there are ways to, you know, get around that and not have to, to see those places or have to be tempted by those places. If, if we got up every morning and when we drove by, you know, or we're driving along the road and there was the liquor store that we used to go to that had our, you know, favorite liquor that we used to drink, wouldn't it be worth our time to find a different way to get to work? You know, maybe it's 10 minutes more every morning. But, you know, that 10 minutes every more every morning is a small price to pay to not spend an eternity in hell and get to spend an eternity with God. So sometimes we have to work out our salvation. We have to do whatever it takes to do what God wants us to do. Um, it reminds me of, of the passage where Jesus says, if your, your eye causes you to sin or your, your hand causes you to sin, get rid of it, remove it. And he's not talking about literally cutting off body parts. But he's saying these things that we think are important in our lives that are physical or that are part, maybe may part of our routine, we can, we can adjust that, we can fix that so that we can be a better servant of Christ. So I got two more points and then I'll be, I'll be done. I'm sure y'all are tired of me talking about, reminiscing about old days of, of shooting bows and arrows. Practice and preparation are very important. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Or sorry, chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And this kind of ties in with our first point about going after the prize, but that's not the point I'm wanting to make with, with this, this passage. Paul says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. Then they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not without bidding the air. But I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself may not be disqualified. Paul is saying here that I practice in a, in a spiritual way. I practice, uh, you know, before I have to go before, before people to, to preach. 
so that I know what I believe about the Bible. I know what God wants me to do before I tell others what they need to do as well. You know, I, I think about sometimes, uh, you know, we, we may find ourselves in a situation that we uh, don't know what, what the right thing is to do. And so my preparation for that would be just to get out of there, just to run. But a lot of the times we know what we're, we're going to face, right? We know what we're going to face when it comes to uh, alcohol or sexual immorality or, or things of that nature that, that may tempt us. And we need to make sure that, that we think about, we train ourselves so that when that situation comes up, we hit the mark instead of missing the mark. Um, I remember when I was uh, shooting competitively, we practiced twice a week for about two hours. And we probably shot about 100 to 150 arrows at practice. Uh, but there were some people on that team that outside of practice, they shot probably 100 to 200 arrows every day, every night. And wouldn't you know, they were the best shooters. <laughs> they were the ones that when we went to the state, national, and world championships, they were the ones with the medals around their neck, and they were the ones getting their pictures taken because they put in the work, as Paul says here. He says, we're, we're, we're all up for this prize. We can all attain this prize. He says that, you know, these guys that run these races that you see, they don't, there's only one person that wins, but we can all win. We can all win through Christ. We can all win by, by practicing and preparing. And the last point I want to make is all of our scores will be tallied. All of our scores will be judged. Turn over to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Jesus says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know, uh, I guess this is a little bit different. Uh, this comparison breaks down a little bit. But we had a specific amount of arrows that we would shoot at each competition. We'd shoot 30 arrows, 15 at 10 meters, and 15 at 15 meters. But we don't know when our competition is up and God's going to pull our scorecard, do we? We don't know when we will be judged except at death. For some of us, that could be years and years and decades down the road. Some of us, that could be tomorrow as we're leaving the parking lot. We don't know when our score will be judged. So let's get busy today working so that when, that, when we do get judged, we will not be in the group of those that he says practice lawlessness, but those that, those that do the will of our Father. You know, there, there may be some here this morning who are Christians and that have laid down their bow and are no longer shooting and no longer practicing or trying to please God. Um, if that's the case, you're in a state of sin. You're in a state without, uh, without God. And that is a scary thing. Um, if you're in that state, please come talk to somebody uh, here. Talk to me. Talk to anyone. And we can, we'll work that out so that we can 
get you back in a right relationship with God. And maybe if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning and you're, uh, you're wanting to be in a right relationship with God, you want to pick up your bow for the first time and start shooting at the target so that you can hit the mark where God wants you to be. Please come forward as we stand.